2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to start reading at verse 8. If you will, it's the custom of our church that we stand for the reading of God's word. When you have 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, I want you to say, I have the bread. And it, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to stop and eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he stopped there and he ate at her house. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by here continually. Verse 10, let us make a little room chamber I pray thee on the wall and let us set for him there a bed a table and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be when he comes to us he'll have somewhere to stay verse 11 and it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and he laid there and he said to Gehazi his servant call the Shunammite and when he had called her she stood before him and said unto him Say now unto her, Behold, you've been very careful to take care of us in all of this care. What can I do for you? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or, or, to be, or to the captain of the host? And she answered and said, I'm good. You know, I dwell here among my own people. Verse 14, and he said, What then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, Asha, verily she has no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door and said, And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Hold on. <laughs> no, my Lord, man of God. <laughs> Don't lie to me because I didn't ask you for it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got my own translation up here. Verse 17. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that the prophet had said unto her according to the time of life. Now the child has grown up and fell on a day that he went into the field with his father. Verse 19. And he said unto his father, my head is hurting. He said to the to the lad, uh, said to the to a lad, carry him in there to his mama. Verse 20. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Verse 22. She called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again and he said today you going to him today it's no special feast or festival it ain't even church day and she said it shall be well it, sh it shall be it shall be well I want you to look at your neighbor share this topic with them and you can be seated tell them this is my response you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is 
my, this is my response. Uh, there are many things that can be pulled from, from this text. I've always been moved by this text of the Shunammite woman um, because we don't even have her name, but we know her movement. When we were growing up in church, they had an old song that says, may the works I've done speak for me. Um, but now people want to brand their names and they want to create a name for themselves. And if you just learn how to be, your functionality will communicate your name. <laughs> your works speak for you. Now, the prophet Elisha, who is a successor of Elijah, is very busy. Of course he's busy because there's a word over his life that what was on Elijah is supposed to be double on him. Does anybody in here other than me, you feel like the assignment of God is on your life in such a way that, that you feel like you're running out of time? You're almost saying, almost like um, Mary said to the angel, how will these things be? I feel like I have more things on my table than I have time for. Um, when you're pregnant with purpose, when there's an assignment on your life, you're always on your way somewhere. Always doing something. Because God never calls someone to do something that's not already doing something. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Psalm 1 says if you want to be a blessed man, when you're a blessed man, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And some people are looking to be prospered, enlarged, increased, and expanded, but you haven't given God anything to work with. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, if you do it, God will prosper it. Hallelujah. But you got to do something. Elisha is on this assignment with his servant Gehazi. And this no-name Shunammite woman sees him, offers him food. She reminds me of a southern woman when they say, well, you know, don't, don't rush off. We got some food in there. <laughs> you know, we got some corn. No, it ain't going to take but a few minutes. We can heat up that cornbread from last night mm -hmm. and uh, put some collard greens or something with it. I, I grew up with some people who knew how to make a bill. Come on, uh, some, some, some a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. They will pull together a meal. Yeah. This is what this woman is doing. She's like, prophet, we want to we feed you. Now, think about it. Uh, he's not on his way to her house. He's on his way past her house. And she gets his attention. Uh, she's a hospitable woman. And I want to be very uh, clear with all of you that is in this room who are being elevated in our church culture. Oftentimes, uh, in our liturgical church circle, we see the vestments of deacons and elders and bishops. For our ordinations and our litanies, we wear collars and we wear crosses around our neck. It's our tradition and it's our culture. It's nothing wrong with that. But out of all of the, uh, the criteria of these positions, Remember that Paul's letter to Timothy says you must be hospitable. Now, hospitality doesn't come at convenience. 
All of us are willing to be hospitable to people when it's convenient for us. But a culture of hospitality says, I'm willing to inconvenience myself for the sake of honor. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, how hospitable are you? It's a part of Eastern culture, period. It's not even an expression of people who, who are spirit-filled. It's a part of Eastern culture, period, that if a stranger comes by, you ought to offer them food, offer them a boat. She's a hospitable woman. And so I'm getting ready to give you a deep um, word that you need to write down for all of you note-takers. Note uh, not, you may not get this many other places as a deep revelation that some people in our culture has not perceived yet. But it matters how you treat people. I know you're on your way to heaven and you're so glad, but it matters how you treat people. I know as long as you've got King Jesus, you don't need nobody else, but it matters how you treat people. I've said this multiple times that your relationship with God is often reflected in your relationship with each other. You don't skip over loving your spouse to love on God. Uh oh, the church just shut down on me in here. You, you, can't, you can't say because I got to go to prayer service so I'm not speaking to my husband. I got to get to church so forget it. He got he to fend for himself. No, 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 no. Your, your relationship with each other is a reflection of your relationship with God. Come on, let me get scripture for this. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. Well, I don't do people, but me and God, how can you say you love God whom you never seen. But so easy to say, I hate other folk who you see every day. Tell your neighbor, it matters. It matters. I don't care how many dialects or tongues you can speak. It matters how you treat people. Because you can fake tongues, but you can't fake love. The Bible says you will know them not by signs, you will know them by fruit. And I know somebody said, well, you're judging me. I'm not judging. I'm fruit inspecting. Ask your neighbor, where's your fruit? I know what you said, but where's your fruit? This woman was hospitable. And it matters how you treat people. You never know why your paths are crossing with someone. Great partnerships are pregnant with great possibilities. I've said that this is a year of divine partnership. God is going to bring you into connections with individuals. Uh, the sacred with sacred. And when I say the sacred with sacred, I'm talking about a, a merge or a partnership with other believers. And these other believers may not go to your church. These other believers may not be from your denomination. These other believers may use amplified version and you only use King James version. Oftentimes we're looking for 
partnership with only people who speak the same language we speak you need to connect with somebody who you're compatible with but different enough that you can produce something because great partnerships come on somebody come pregnant with great possibilities look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor if you want something different you just made it need a different kind of partner you may need somebody that has a different part than what you got because a lot of us like these oh my, a lot of us like these relationships where we all have the same parts the, the relationships where we look the same we talk the same we act the same and all of those relationships can have stimulation but after all the stimulation and emotionality it produces nothing you can't get pregnant working with the same parts. No, 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 no. You can feel good and y'all can brag on each other and tell, I like your style. I like your style. I agree with you. I agree with you. No, get out of that algorithm with just folk that just agree with you. You need somebody with a different perspective. You need somebody with a different mindset. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, be very careful how you handle strangers. Mm, the New Testament church understood this. The New Testament church says, be careful how you handle strangers because they may be messengers. They may be angels unaware. That's why the ancient church, they, they said, women, cover your heads because you don't know angels may come down in the midst of us. And when angels come, miracles come with them and you don't want to offend what God is sending. And some of you are so busy looking for a certain kind of person to look a certain kind of way and act a certain kind of way that you're missing out on what God is sending cover your head because you don't know you don't know what God is sending so I want to say this to you this is how you work someone like well how am I going to know how am I going to know just be nice and speak to everybody oh my god I says, just be nice and tell, come on, tell the people in your, tell them, be nice and speak to everybody. I know, I know your friend is all the way over there, but don't skip all of these people to get to your friend over there. Cause you done got probably all you gonna get out of that friend after 20 years. Be nice and speak to, speak to everybody. Speak to everybody. Speak to everybody. Now, you don't get in your feelings now. Now, just because I didn't speak to you, don't make me your enemy. Some of y'all got trauma from the past. And so, you know, you create, you need enemies to affirm your presence. Before you get overwhelmed, because when I start talking about speak to everybody, we start going, amen. Amen. Because some people in this church, no, 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 you're missing it. The directive is to you. You be nice and speak to everybody. You so busy speaking to everybody, you don't have time to count the people who didn't speak to you. Because you're so busy being nice. And you speaking to everybody. Because you understand the law of reciprocity. It's impossible to keep sowing it. And I wish I had a church here and never reap it. 
Tell your neighbor, I got an assignment. Tell her, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to speak to everybody. And when I say be nice, listen, I, all of you are nice because y'all saved. So all of you are nice. Y'all got the Holy Ghost. Everybody in here is nice. We're in the South, right? And everybody in the South. Anyway. But there comes moments that you have to be intentional. Because some of us kindness gets trapped in our hearts. And never expressed in our behavior. And it don't mean you're a mean person. You're just extremely introvert. You're just extremely pull back. You've had some things happen in the past, so you protect yourself by staying at a distance. And I know you're staying at a distance from hurt, but not only are you saving yourself from hurt and pain, you're also saving yourself from purpose and advancement. Tell your neighbor, don't punish your future for what your past did. Don't punish your future because of what your past did. You're so, you're so hid back that somebody is looking for you and they can't find you. Somebody's looking for you to love you. Somebody's looking for you to bless you. Now I'm going to protect myself. Now I may go to that church, but I ain't going to join. And then if I do join that church, I ain't going to participate. I ain't going to serve. I'm going to come late and I'm going to leave early. Because I know when you get entwined with church people, you know things happen and I want my name in nothing. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll go out. I'll go out. We can have, I mean, we can go, we can go out to eat on Friday. I don't mind having somebody just to go out to eat with every once in a while, but I mean, committed relationship? No, no, no. Because that's all they want. As soon as you give them your commitment, they're going to take advantage of you. And I'd have made up my mind. I'm never going to let somebody take advantage of me again. So before they try to cut me off, I'm going to cut them. They already cut off and they don't even know it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to protect myself. I'll be, they think we close, but we really not close. I'm only just giving them a part of me because the last time I got close to somebody, they put my name in some mess. And so you know what? I'm just going to protect myself. I'm going to put, I'm going to build up these walls and you then put yourself in prison with all of those walls and you think you're free. I'm so glad. The Shunammite woman was sober and healed. Because some of you, you think that dialogue is an expression of power when it's actually an expression of the wounded. And let me tell you, very easily, very easily, I could preach this text about the relationship of her honoring the prophet. I'll get to that in a moment, but I think it's very important for us to see. She just wasn't kind to the prophet, but she was also kind to the servant. This is not one of those messages y'all going to brag about later, but if you take this message and put it in your spirit, you're going to get something. Because the high mark of a person's character is not seen in how they treat those who they want to get something from or they perceive to have something to give. But it's how you treat people that you perceive seemingly can do nothing for you. There was recently, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, a celebrity went to the prison 
and ministered. Did a great job, sung some nice songs. And people blasted it off of social media and said, this is what I'm talking about. Why the churches don't do this? Why the churches don't go to the prison? And I just looked at it and was like, wow. Churches have been going to the prison for over 100 years. We just don't have television cameras when we go. See, the rest of us don't have the power to influence the warden to allow us to bring photography and videography. And as a matter of fact, we're okay with it because when we go to the prison, oftentimes we're ministering to people who are in there for life or in there for 30 years. They're not coming out to join our churches and they ain't got no tithe and no offering to give. I want to see how do you handle people who can't do nothing else for That is a reflection of your character because this is the culture we're always trying to get up on somebody and the question is what is it that you want we're always trying to connect every the people will compliment you and in the back of your head you're saying what is it that you want what is it? but the reflection of your character is seeing how you treat people who can't open a door for you who's who are not in the spotlight so you want to rub shoulders hoping you can at least get in the shadow You know, you know how they do Darnell. Hey, Doc. Stanley, man, you know, we go way back. They do stuff like, you remember? I told you. Didn't I tell you you was going to have all this? They're like, you, I, I don't remember, but okay, if you said you did. They're trying to create a historical narrative so they can put, uh, lay hands or charge on some of your harvest. And I want to stop here and just say this is very important. Don't be a, don't be a false receiver. Because some of us are offended and we feel like we missed out on our moment and we find ourselves frustrated because we're near people who look like they're walking in their season and they're walking in their harvest. And you're like, wow, why didn't happen it for me? Just because you're in close proximity to that person don't mean you started when they did. Just because we're in close proximity, my harvest season may not be your harvest season. If you do what I did, you'll get what I got. God is not a respecter person. She was just not nice to the prophet. She was not, am I preaching okay in here? I mean, listen, this is what I got. Not only was she nice to the prophet, she was good to the servant. It's important to know that, saints. Just as Rebecca watered the camels of Eleazar <laughs> and found herself in the genealogy of Yeshua, so did the Shunammite woman not only take care of the prophet, but also took care of the ones who accompanied him. If you say you honor me, that means you honor what I send. Even Jesus says, if you don't want to hear me and you don't believe who I am, believe me for my father's sake. God said, if you really honor me, you honor the ones that I send. Yeah. Consider this. For her kindness, the prophet said, I'm looking for a way to bless her. For your kindness. Didn't request nothing. I, wanna, I, I just want to bless you just for your kindness 
I want to speak this word over some people in this room for some things you did for others and you never told anybody else about it. For the ways you helped individuals and you didn't post it on social media. The time somebody came to you and asked you to borrow money and you said, no, just keep it. Hallelujah. The Lord is looking for a way to bless you. Mm. There are blessings that are going to overtake individuals who have postured themselves in Christ-like character. The Lord says for the things you did outside of the spotlight, I'm going to bless you. Some people are hungry for credit, hungry for attention, obsessed with being seen and noticed. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, whatever you do in secret, y'all know this Bible verse, God will reward you openly. If you do it to be seen of men, that's your reward. If you do it to be seen of men, that's your reward. But I want something that man can't give me. I want something that only comes from God. When she's proposed with this question, and I'm coming to a close now. When she's proposed with the question, what is it that you want? Her response is, I'm good. Hold on. Prophet Elisha has asked you, what do you want? You want a letter from the president? What do you want? What, what do you want? And some of you in this room, if the prophet Elisha asks you, come on, Brittany, we start saying, well, my knee over here is... Uh, <laughs> Now, I heard there was another woman, you, you know, you spoke over her vessels and she got an oil business over there. So if you could just. Amen. So, you know, we come up with ideas. If, if someone asks you right now, the Lord says, what is it that you want? You come up with something. Listen to this woman's response. It really doesn't go with our Greco hedonistic culture. She says, I'm good. My prayer is that we will experience a Psalm 23 mentality. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That God will deliver us from this wantonness. Where it's never enough. A height of a church service can take you up into the high clouds of glory and drop you down into Monday depression once you pass somebody on the road that got a more updated car than yours. Uh, one promotion on your job can take you up with great excitement until you go on social media and see somebody got married and you say, well, why haven't got married yet? This wantonness. What, the, what Paul says I've learned how to be abased and abound. But whatsoever state that I'm in, I have learned. I, I, I did come easy. It was a natural, but I had to learn to be content. Even our worship has become almost as something we hold over God's head and says, if you bless me, I'll praise you. Open up a door and I'll magnify you. Hmm. And even our preachers and our prophets have had to coerce you into praise by saying, if you praise God, he will. 
But I need at least 50 of y'all in this room if the whole church can't do it. I need 50 of y'all in this room that says, if he never does anything else. Oh, look, I, I knew. I knew I wasn't going to get everybody. If he never does anything else, somebody shout, I'm good. If I never get a larger house, somebody shout, I'm good. Married or single, somebody shout, I'm good. I'm good. Imagine, because until, until you can think off for right now, you're not ready for something else. You're not a candidate for expansion. You can't handle where you are right now. You're fumbling over what you have right now. You're complaining over the present blessing. Isn't that something? We're so twisted in our minds that we will ask God for something and then when God give it to us, we'll complain about it. We prayed for the job, he gave it to us, we complain about it. We prayed for the house, we get the house, then we complain about it. And it's never enough, but God is looking for some people that will praise him for right now. Testify to somebody, don't tell no lie. Tell him he's better to me than I deserve. better to me than I deserve my God oh no no my share I said he's better to me than I deserve I don't deserve oh he said look what she says I got a home among my own people how does she say I ain't got to move I ain't got to get in another neighborhood in other words she says I got a roof up over my head he may not be as fancy as somebody else's house, but I thank God for the roof over my head. See, some of y'all still don't know when to praise him because somebody wished they had what you got. She said, I got food on the table. I got clothes on my back. The old church says, I thank God for a portion of help and strength. I got up this morning clothed. Come on, church. In my right mind, look at somebody tell them, I right now I thank God for the activities of my limbs somebody ought to just start walking right now and thank God for your legs somebody start waving your hand and thank God for your arms I'm more blessed than what I deserve if you're watching online get up off of your couch and praise him Get up off of your, somebody open up your mouth and bless him. For right now. Oh. Somebody shout, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. The, the servant comes back and says, Derek, he says, she says she good. But listen, but the servant says, but you know, I did notice something. Hold on, hold on though. He said, I noticed she don't have a child and her husband is old. And every woman want a child. She ain't got no child, her husband is old. So that means they would need a miracle, like from a prophet or something. Listen to y'all, listen. Who made the suggestion? What? If she had put all of her energy into the prophet to the point she had offended the servant, what happened if 
she had fed the prophet but didn't feed the servant. See, many times you stepping over people who just may be your answer. You're stepping over people who just may have your miracle. Tell your neighbor, it was the suggestion of the servant. Hallelujah. Point to somebody and tell them your miracle is in the mouth of the servant. You got to be careful how you treat God's servant because your miracle, my God. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I may not be your choice, but I'm God's choice. I may not be your preference, but I'm God's preference. I don't need to be in the who's who. I don't need to have the face on your flyer, but my suggestion could shift your destiny. My suggestion, you know why? Because I got the ear of God. scream right now if you know you have access to the ear of God somebody shout tell your neighbor I may not be your preference come on tell him man I'm not offended come on tell him I may not be your choice and I ain't even mad but point to him and tell him, but be very careful how you handle me. Hallelujah. Oh, God. I come to tell you that this is a season. Can I prophesy? God is getting ready to raise up no names. God is getting ready to raise up some people you ain't never heard before. God is getting ready to raise up people from families. You don't think they could produce what's getting ready to come for. I need somebody to open up your mouth and shout right now because it's coming out of your house. telling you I'm telling you divine partnership I said what sacred was sacred but also sacred was secular when I said that the other on Wednesday night uh, it might have been my my, my sense of uh, uh, overthinking but uh, when I say it sometimes I feel a little tension and maybe it's just coming from me when I say sacred and secular because we have been programmed to think that everything that is secular is satanic but this is the season because God is enlarging our territory and he's increasing our influence you can't influence a system that you operate outside of until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I'm an agent I may work at this company but I'm an agent I will sit here on assignment. They call me an administrative assistant, but I'm actually an apostolic prophet. In other words, God set me in this office to reestablish systems. God set me in here to give an advantage for the saints. Oh my God, that the wealth of the wicked shall be released. Lay hands on somebody's shoulder and scream release. I'm speaking a release of finances. I'm speaking a release of innovation. I'm releasing a, I'm speaking a release of ideas. I'm speaking a release right Tell your neighbor 
If you're nervous about the secular, tell them don't worry about it. It's not your assignment. But there's some of us, hey, Rogers, we're going to be able to go in and come out uncontaminated. Oh my God. We're going to be able to sit at tables without compromise. Hey, glory be to God. See, when you know who you are, you don't have to take on everything in the room. When you know who you are, your silence can sometimes speak louder than your words. Hey, but I speak just because I'm silent don't mean I don't have a stance. God has prophetically set me up here for something that's bigger than me. The servant has the ear of the one that has power. It was the servant that had the ear of the one that had the ability to release to her what she needed. And she received something she didn't even ask for. Listen, some of you are getting ready to receive unrequested fulfillments. Hear me? Unrequested. In other words, it wasn't requested. Well, how can it be fulfilled if it wasn't requested? I'm glad you asked me. Jeremiah 29 11 says this. I I told y'all, if you're visiting with the first time, there is nothing wrong with me. If I do any sudden jerks, it's just because I got a witness in my spirit. He says, I Listen, what is Jeremiah 29 11 says Wheezy says I know the plans I have for you said the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to what and expect it in Jeremiah 29 11 says he says for I know the plans I have towards you said the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end he says I know the plans that I have towards you said the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end how can it be uh, how can it be an unrequested fulfillment how can it be a fulfillment if it never was requested because he says I know the plans I have towards you said the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end when you say expected end whose expectation expectation because we are carried away in Babylon for 70 years we've lost our expectation so whose expectation I know the plans God to bring you to an expected whose expectation God's expectation I need about 10 people just to run 10 steps and shout I'm gonna walk out God's expectation prayers will be answered God's prayers will be answered now when I pray when I I'm sorry when I pray I can miss it 
first of all, I can pray amiss. I could not have forgiven somebody and I blocked my prayers. So if I pray, I don't even know if I'm praying the will of God. That's why the Bible says you need to learn how to pray in the spirit. Because when you pray in the spirit, one thing you do know, your understanding is unfruitful. Let's be honest. So I know you're going like this, but when you're praying to God in tongues, your understanding is unfruitful. In other words, I don't get it. But one thing I do know, according to Romans chapter 8, that when I do pray in the spirit, I'm praying the direct will of God. And God's prayers will be answered. I don't know. Okay, maybe theologically, some of you think this is a little complicated. The magnitude of God's deity can be complicated, especially to the carnal mind. Because it's greatest the mystery of God, and it's God manifest in the flesh, seen of angels, preaching to the world, receive unto glory, all right? It, it is the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. That Jesus is fully God and fully man. Man after the flesh, God after the spirit. Man enough to die, God enough to save. So if Jesus is fully God and fully man, when Jesus prayed in the garden, God's prayers were answered. How can God pray to God and God not answer? My God. He says, Father, let them be one, even as you and I are one. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, God's prayers will be answered. So he received it. He received it. So she said, now she said, now don't forget when the promise came. She was like, hold on, don't play with me. Because I had resolved the fact that I won't go have no kids. And like, you, like I said, when you f- first asked me, what is it that I want? I said, I'm good. So don't disturb. You know, don't, many of us, our comfort has been disturbed with God's promises. Because I wouldn't have never wanted it if he had never said it. Okay, I just need to know what section can I preach in here and I won't feel like I'm by myself. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God frustrated me with exposure. He put me close enough to see what potentially I could have. He pulled me in with a prophecy and then dropped me off into a process. And I'm at a place that says, don't play with me. I don't want to be disappointed. But I want you to point to somebody because I can't prophesy to everybody in this room. But I want to I wanna affirm you as a prophetic voice right now. Look at somebody and tell them God did not expose you to it to tease you with it. Shh. This is not a tease. This is a promise. Oh. And God's prayers. Hallelujah. We'll be answered. All right. I don't want you to so, so, and y'all know what happened. I feel like, oh. So then, 
I'm sorry, I thought about another thing that God said. There's some things I came up with that God is not obligated to it. But there's some other things that I could have never made up for myself. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, says, and another thing. Come on, tell him, and another thing. Come on, tell him, and another thing. Tell him, and it all shall come to pass. Oh, God. just like the prophet said God gave her a son he's growing up and all of a sudden one day he gets sick and he dies prophet didn't tell me that See, we like to pride ourselves in what we know but if you walk with God there are going to be moments in your life you're going to feel blindsided they're called prophetic valleys. We stand on prophetic peaks. And we see from one peak to the next. But there's a prophetic valley. Some things that are hidden. Now somebody says, he don't do nothing unless he first reveal it to his prophets. That's true. But he don't reveal everything to every prophet. I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, Pastor Marvin and some of y'all my witness. I've been feeling uh, Deacon Jackson's death for over a year. Elder Clark emphasized, I feel like we're going to lose her. I feel like she wasn't sick. I just kept feeling it. Now, God don't reveal everything. God didn't tell me when. What happens when what God gave you dies on you? When you expected to retire from that company. But now that company is transitioning. Some of you, if somebody would have told you seven years ago that you were, you would not be in the church you were in you would have rebuked them and called them a devil oh that's true because oh, i'm gonna be here everybody else can leave i'm staying here i ain't going nowhere because this is what god got me but god had to disrupt your comfort some of you would have never walked into your destiny unless there was a disruption Tell your neighbor, the only reason why I'm here is because something had to die on me. So, the Bible says, she says, take him, lay him on the bed of the prophet. Put him in the right atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. My, my promise has died on me, but put it in the right chamber. I passed my time. I was expected to be finished by now, but let, let me tell you this part. When, it, mm, hallelujah, when they said take, when, when she said, uh, go get me a horse and a rider. <laughs> Give me somebody who know how to see. I got, I got, a, I got several drivers, and everybody got their strength. You know, everybody got their strength. 
I feel uh, the safest with probably Enoch and, uh, and, and probably Claude, believe it or not. Yes, believe it or not. And uh, no, 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 no. I trust you with the church. Amen. All the souls of the people, I trust you. But uh, when I need to get somewhere in a hurry, I said, Marlon, come here. Because Marlon feels like he can get there without getting a ticket. Marlon knows everything. I ain't never got a ticket. See, God covers me. It's my grace. And, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and her husband said, you going to church? Like, she's like, uh, yeah. Her response, he says, everything okay? All is well. Ram Church, I just wanted to close to this point with you today. As you walk with God, there's some things going to happen in your life that you didn't plan for, you didn't pray for, you didn't expect. You have no control over it. You don't have control over what happens. But you do have control over how you respond. Hmm. If you are The other night, I had to speak to some of y'all's spirit because many of y'all at the ramp got the Holy Ghost, but y'all still got a lot of flesh on you. And I was on this uh, social media the other night, and a troll came on uh, on it. And some of y'all, oh, I'm a fire. Oh, oh, calm down. You have to understand the nature of a troll. Understand the nature. A troll does not have a platform of himself. Bishop. In in folklore, folklore trolls were beasts or monsters. Leonella, are you here? Is Leonella here? She's not here because I didn't hear her. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus, Amen. A a troll in folklore was a monster who found themselves in an abode in darkness under a bridge. And they only come after people who are going somewhere. Anytime you get ready to cross, then you encounter a troll. This is what I'm. T- I want to. This is a sign when you're ready to go some places. When there are people who are having conversations about you and you don't even know their names. How do, how do you respond to a doctor's report that's not favorable? See, this is what PR people are for, Darnell. Because we're taken off guard. So public relations people are supposed to have prepared responses. So I want you to practice. The doctor said you have a sickness in your body. This is your response. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Mm. How, how do you respond? Now, today's message is not intended to go to the finale of the text. So I'm really finished. You can read it 
when you go home, and maybe some of you already know how it ends. What I want to lift to you is she doesn't know. No, we're reading the story of Job and we preach it with great excitement. But Job doesn't have the book of Job to read. All he knows is all of my children are dead in one day. My house is completely gone in one day. So the Shunammite woman doesn't know how it ends. She's just declaring that no matter what happens, hallelujah, it shall be well. Hmm. And so today, I don't want you to reserve a praise for the end of the thing. It don't take faith to praise him when your faith has shifted to sight. It don't take faith to worship him once the revelation has come. But God is looking for some people who will praise him in the middle of it. I don't know how this is going to end, but though you slay me, yet will I trust you. As the children are coming in from Children's Church, I want somebody to jump upon your feet and praise them in the middle. response everyone stand this is my response hey this is bishop sy younger thank you for watching this video and now what i need you to do is like and subscribe to this youtube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational motivational and gospel content in your direction